0: This is the Corsair Cast. Corsair Cast. Here's your host, Bobby Corsair, chatting with Sebastian Borde, driver for Dale Coyne Racing, with Basser Sullivan on the NTT IndyCar Series. Sebastian, happy Wednesday. How's your week going?
1: Well, pretty good, pretty good. I mean, uh, just uh, in between uh, a couple of days in between races here, but uh, yeah,
0: just enjoying the family and uh, the sunshine uh, in uh, St. Pete. Oh, must be nice can't complain (laughs) well up here in portland weather-wise has been really nice today it's one of those rare summer days where it's cloudy a little bit of rain but the forecast next weekend looks absolutely perfect for you guys so fingers crossed we can hold the good weather when the indycar series returns to portland that'd be awesome sebastian what is the state of indycar right now um well i think uh things are, are
1: looking good i mean we've uh We've had, uh, you know, some really good signs and encouraging things going on. Um, it's, uh, you know, you see programs and, and good news and, and a lot of people being uh, very positive. And uh, the TV numbers have been uh, a, a good thing, really. Uh, when we look at the the year so far, um, there's always the outlier. But uh, globally, I'd say it's, it's been very positive. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I IndyCar is doing good. And uh trying to keep uh, the, the steady slope of uh, of
0: improvements that we've seen over the last few years. With all the technology changes coming over the next two seasons, specifically the hybrid engine in two years, is there something specific that you're looking forward to seeing changes or is there one or two things that you would like to see IndyCar kind of implement?
1: Well, I mean I, I think we we're, we're a bit of a, at the inch point uh, with with the the new cars coming in for for the season 2022. Uh, new technologies coming in. Uh everybody's obviously hoping that we'll get uh, we'll get um, you know more OEMs uh, joining the series. So there, there's a lot of things that could potentially uh, come together. Um, just uh, just looking forward to see what actually really happens and and uh, how they develop.
0: This past weekend, you had a strong run. You finished seventh at Pocono. You've been pretty outspoken on the safety there. And I think when you have, you know, when you're commenting, especially on social media and in other interviews, you seem to have kind of remove the emotion from it and looking at it strictly at a safety point. Just kind of walk me through, you know, what happened last week from your point of view. And was there anything that could have been done either on track or safety wise to kind of prevent, you know, the massive first lap crash that we saw?
1: I mean you know safety can't stop obviously human errors and uh, you know, it's clearly a, a human error involved in 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 uh, last week's crash. thankfully, the safety uh, did prevent this time um, obviously any more severe and serious injuries that uh, nobody likes to see and uh, that we've had in in both 15 and 18. so uh, I guess um, you know I think when you make the assessment of, of situations you really need to uh, look at facts and and try and, and have a, a clear head and a clear judgment not to uh, not to I guess um, overreact or, or make the the issue the wrong uh, conclusions I should say
0: sure now there was a lot of talk especially you know as guys were coming out of the medical center after the crash that you know, and we won't necessarily name specific drivers because we just there's no need to. But there was a lot of calling out of certain drivers or calling out of certain styles. Is that a good thing for the series? Is that a good thing for drivers to police each other? Or would you rather leave that up to race control and the series? Uh, I think it's always
1: uh, it's always something that I try to refrain uh, as far as um, assessing responsibilities right away. I think um, you know, even even a few days removed, uh you look at all the different angles and the different views and the fact that the seams at Pocono are not particularly straight, uh, what's the reference point, who's moving, who's not. Um it's it's very, very difficult. Um and uh, and I had you know some long conversations with different people and it's uh it's it's really funny how you can have a certain point of view looking at one video and 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 share responsibilities and this and that and now all of a sudden you look at the different angle and you're like you know it's it's really one-sided so um i think it's it's uh, yeah yeah the, the one thing that you know obviously keeps coming back is, you know, the more proximity there is between cars, the more likelihood of a massive crash with massive consequences there is. And I, I do feel like personally, that's the one thing that I, I'd like to see more drivers being mindful of, um you know, like just giving each other a little bit more room, especially when things happen at 220, uh, with a car that's set up to go really to corner and not go particularly straight in a straight line. Uh, that's that's something that people have a very difficult time to understand because they're not in the cars. But when you're running on the side of the tire, because you have positive camber on the left side of the car and and negative camber on the right side of the car, and the car is actually uh, wanting to turn left. And, and if you remove your hands from the wheel, it will turn hard left. Uh, so the cars really don't sustain their lines particularly well at all. So, you know, if you, on top of this, introduce dirty air and, and the car being moved around and, and cars are very, very close around, which are all pushing air, which is not obviously a constant force around as, as the cars get more alongside each other and everything, I, I do feel like maybe, you know, kind of a half a car width is, is kind of a minimum that you'd like to see between the cars, side to side. and and uh, And unfortunately, it's just not the way a lot of uh, a lot of us deal with the situation. So that, to me, is the single biggest cause for, for problems, you know.
0: You make an interesting point there with the camber setup, which if your car is meant to turn left, it would, you know, if you're in a straight line, obviously when you look at the in-car camera or the camera up above your head, there's a reason why you guys were, you know, the steering wheel looked like it was probably leaning a little bit more right because you're trying to balance out that natural left-hand turn. Um, no,
1: that's actually a different, that's, okay. uh, that's a driver preference. Um, okay. the, uh, the, the driver preference, some drivers uh, want the steering wheel straight, uh, and then some drivers want the steering wheel to be offset in a straight line. Uh, personally, I, I do like the offset steering wheel to the right on the ovals, um, mostly because it's less steering input in the corner, so it's more of a, of a slight left turn okay. in, in the super speedway. And also because it protects your knuckles from being very exposed with a lot of steering angle in the corners. Because trust me, when you do get a piece of gravel, a gravel um, piece of rubber or any kind of debris hitting your knuckles at 220 some miles an hour, it hurts like hell. <laughs> so the least my knuckles are exposed, the better I feel about it.
0: Well, hey, listen, I really appreciate you going into that. That's, you know, something that's very interesting that I've never heard and I've talked to you guys a lot over the course of the years that I've covered the sport. So thank you. that's really fascinating. One thing that I also found very interesting that you had put it out on Twitter. We saw a lot of these random views from this accident at Pocono stuff that we did not see on TV or did not see through live timing and scoring. And you said that all of the video data is always available, but it has to be downloaded after the fact. Is that for every car or is that something that, um, just the, you know the cars that carry cameras.
1: No, it is for every car, at the end. and uh, there's no, there is a very low uh, uh, frequency of recording, uh, which goes through the the uh, the real time, uh, which I think IndyCar has access to that. But it's it's low, uh, it, it's really low frequency of of uh, of logging, so it, it's very difficult, and it's it's broken up because it's you know radio transmitted. Uh, So depending on, you know, where you're at on super speedways, usually you do get kind of on speedways in general, you do get kind of a different, a decent coverage. But, um, you know, like on road courses and especially like at Road America or places like that, um, it's, it's very broken up. So it's very difficult to make any conclusion on any kind of analysis
0: that's still very interesting to me. The fact that, you know, a lot of these angles have to be downloaded afterwards and, you know, well,
1: I, yeah. Anything that's video um, yeah. that you guys can not see on TV, none of that stuff is, is accessible right away. It needs to be downloaded.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as, as a guy that has a background in TV production, I understand that. And so that's, Again, you know, we talk about the technology and you've been around the series in one form or another in a long time. And, you know, having access to that, I think, is a game changer because you can go back and review it. And I'm sure it helps you out as a driver. It helps your team out, you know, just kind of look at, again, lines, um, you know, corner entry and exit, that type of stuff. So, again, just another piece of data that I think is really important for you and the team to have
1: yeah especially for the you know for like sentino and and rookie drivers in general i think it's it's a massive help to be able to see actually you know sometimes data tell you a story but being able to visualize it makes makes a a much bigger difference and um and i think really race control in general is, is kind of really starting to scratch their heads on one way to actually uh real time being able to download from the car um the video because that would help them uh make extremely difficult calls uh at times when when they really rely just on on TV stuff and and some certain
0: angles that may not give the full story right and you know you're going to at that point have to add weight to the car you're going to need more transmitters probably you know two or three depending on how many cameras you guys carry in the car per car and uh you know weight equals time time equals slow and not necessarily the best thing for a car, but if it is something that race control can have access to in the future, I agree with you. I think it would be something that would help them better dictate flow and then make decisions when they need to. Yep. Uh, real quick, this week you guys head back to Gateway, another challenging track. Um, like I said, you know, coming off a really good run at Pocono, what are you guys looking for in terms of a result at Gateway?
1: Well, I mean, last year, Gateway we ended up being a non-event for us, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, I said because I feel like we, we had done a, a, a test over there. Uh, we had not gone to Iowa and decided to go to Gateway. And um, and and it seemed to have been a, a very, very productive test. And I was extremely happy and comfortable in the car. And unfortunately, qualifying got rained out and started in the middle of the pack. And, um, completely lost it in the middle of the pack in traffic uh, back came around and, and the race ended on the spot and the exit of turn one. So um, really hope that uh, you know, what we learned last year uh, is still going to apply and that uh, going to have a, what I was hoping to have as a good weekend uh, actually materializes and uh, that we do have a, a strong showing uh, this year.
0: Once you guys leave Gateway, then you come out to Portland. You finish on the podium every year you've raced here with IndyCar, including winning twice in 2004 and 2007. Last year you had an awesome drive. You finished third. What makes Portland International Raceway such a good track for you? Uh, that's a good question. I uh, I've been asked that uh, a couple of uh,
1: a couple hours ago, and uh, and honestly, I don't know. Um, I think for us to integrate the results that we had when when i was at newman may maybe not very fair because obviously we've we've had so much success and and we've been fast at so many places that uh, it may not be uh, very relevant of of painting a, a, the real picture um, but in the meantime uh, as we did we did have a very strong showing um Kind of, I would say, like like as our, our season had been last year. If you, if you look at our performance level on road courses, uh, we're we we're really strong. I don't think we missed uh, maybe one fast six on road courses last year. So in general, we we were we were pretty strong. And um, yeah, I don't know why it is that at, at Portland we just had good success um the first year i had a rear wing failure and then after that everything kind of was smooth sailing and and always uh, having uh, having strong runs so uh, hopefully we can we can keep that alive and uh, and have another one uh, a good one this year again
0: when you guys come to portland is there anything you like to do or go uh when you're not at the track is there anything special that you like to do around town it's it's
1: always limited as far as time is concerned so uh, i can't really say that we have so much time to enjoy but uh, I, I wish i had more time because there, there are some great spots to ride and and do all of that but unfortunately uh, um you know time is <laughs> time is
0: pretty precious uh,
1: around that time of the year and uh, um yeah unfortunately i never really had any time to enjoy the, uh, the area
0: let's fast forward to next year what is your ride situation looking like uh, I got another year
1: uh, with uh, the Open Racing in Vassar and Sullivan, so uh, no no particular moves uh, in uh, uh, in the foreseeable future. Uh, we'll see uh, we'll see what comes next for me uh, in the, in the coming years.
0: How long would you like to be driving indie cars?
1: As as long as I'm competitive and and I get opportunities. I think uh, you know I, I, the one thing I, I don't want to do is is uh, keep going just because. You know I want to uh, I, I want to keep going if uh, if I'm competitive and I feel I can give something to teams and and uh, and uh, bring uh, bring something to the table. Obviously uh, it was my passion well before it was my job and uh, and it's still my passion. so that's that's the really cool thing but uh, you do want to keep it that way so um, you know the only way to do that is is to to stay on top of your
0: game and, and be uh, and be competitive. Sebastian, I appreciate you taking a moment of your time. I know you're extremely busy. Where can folks follow you on Twitter?
1: I, I post personally at uh, border on track. Um, but I, I would say we, we try and put a little bit of content on the, on Facebook and Instagram, but uh, mostly it's, it's team stuff and,
0: and things like that. Well, good luck this week at Gateway. We cannot wait to see you next weekend up here in Portland. Sounds good.